Hello? Uh-huh. Just I'm here. Moving Love Talk Radio. Once again, hello everybody, welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres. And just a reminder, the show is sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforbetterfuture.com. Um, again, uh, and our website is studentsforbetterfuture.com. If you can go ahead and make a donation to that, because um, your donations keep our radio program going and keeps our campus recruiting also alive. Um, and this year we do have quite a number of students coming into the program um, and hopefully in the fall we'll be able to get them on the radio. And Ruben, how are you this week? I'm doing fine. Uh, looking forward to uh, Walter's uh, interview. I mean, um, it's been a... a yes. We haven't been in touch in, in, in a couple of years. And, um, folks, I do want to apologize. Um, Blog Talk Radio just changed over their system here, um, and there was about a 10-second delay there. So we're all just trying to get them used to it. Um, they, they go through these changes once in a while, and us radio hosts have to just sit and, and, and learn them. And, Ruben, you, you would know that because you used to have your own show, right? Correct, correct. So, um, I, I know, so... So anyhow, Ruben, you and I were talking, um, tonight's topic is going to be fracking, okay, and, um, you you know, we've talked a little bit about this, and, um, you you know, we're talking about, uh, actually, even before I want to get into fracking, I want to tell the viewer um, basically what fracking is, um, because a lot of our listeners you know, this is kind of a topic where, um, you know, not a lot of people really understand fracking. And so I want to tell the listeners that fracking is the process of drilling down into the earth before a high-pressure water mixture is directed at the rock to release gas inside. And water, sand, and chemicals are injected into the rock at high pressure, uh, which allows gas to flow into the head of the well. And um, that's basically the definition of what fracking is. And the process is a technique designed to, re- it's designed to recover gas and oil from shale rock. And the word fracking comes from hydraulic fracturing and refers to how the rock is fractured apart by high-pressure pressure mixtures. So that's all nice and dandy. I gave everybody a, a, a high-power definition, right, Ruben? Um, we're going to find out, you know, get into fracking tonight, and we're going to bring our guest, um, Dr. Walter Bresch. Welcome to the show. Thank you very you much. Yeah, yes, I can. And he has done a lot of research on this. In fact, um, you've also written a book, correct, called Fracking? 
in Pennsylvania, Flirting with Disaster. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, that was that's your, your recent book, right? Yeah, that's the most recent one. And then uh, coming out in uh, late November is Fracking America, which expands it and uh, adds a whole lot of new information. Um, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm primarily a journalist, and uh, uh, I uh, worked on some political campaigns when I was younger, and I uh, was a social worker when I was very young. And uh, but I've been a journalist, and then uh, kind of uh, merged that with uh, being a college professor for a whole bunch of years. Uh, so basically, I identify myself as a journalist, uh, and uh, my job is to hopefully bring uh, accuracy and truth uh, to people who need to know things. Such, such as the cracking issue, right? I'm sorry, I didn't hear um, that. You no, know, such as the, the cracking issue. Um, and can you you tell us um, basically why this particular issue would be of importance? Yes, uh, I really didn't think it was any importance a few years ago, and uh, uh, the more and more I, I looked at it, the more I didn't want to write about it. Uh, and then it started just developing in the last decade the new process of fracking uh, called horizontal fracking as opposed to vertical fracking, which is a little bit safer. But I looked into it, and I looked into it as a social issue. Uh, it started off in Pennsylvania with uh, the Marcella Shale. Uh, Pennsylvania is very, very rich in underground gas, and there uh, there is no way to get to it uh, economically until horizontal fracking came about. But in the state, one of the reasons that I looked into it as a possible larger subject is part of the uh, uh, new law that was written uh, well, basically said that uh, these companies have a right to uh, proprietary information, which means the chemicals that they're putting into the earth, if they could keep away from the knowledge of the, of the public, including physicians and other healthcare workers. So as I looked even d deeper into it, and, and this part of the law, 189 pages, and this is on page uh, 98 and 99 of that uh large uh, law, basically uh, I saw that uh, the problem was, let's say that somebody gets sick and a physician has a suspicion, well, this guy is living within a half a mile of an active drilling site, and these things look very suspicious. Uh, I, I wonder if it could be, treat, you know, if there's a uh, allergy or a chemical reaction or something in the air or the water. So the physician might contact the oil company, which could say, uh, we don't have to tell you anything. Now, the law that was re revised said, well, the, uh, we'll give the information to the physician if he signs an Ongress Disclosure Act uh, law, uh, paper. I'm sorry about that. Non-disclosure paper, which would mean that the physician could find out, but he couldn't tell anybody that he knew, including the patient or a specialist that he might refer to. Uh, so this seemed against the necessity of public of the public, and so I started off doing uh, newspaper columns about this, and uh, it just kept developing and developing. And people kept saying, "You've got to do a book. You've got, you know, there's nothing out yet." 
And I finally said, okay, let's look into all the issues of health and welfare and uh, uh, the environment and economics and the politics and see what's going on. And that's what led me into the, the research. Professor. Amazing. Professor. Go ahead, Ruben. Um, you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been researching and the pros and cons of, of fracking. And in 2008, uh, way before uh, President Obama was elected, he said that one of his uh, goals was basically to make it very hard for the coal industry to be in business. They were in business, it was going to cost them. They, they would go bankrupt. So basically, uh, coal has been traditionally known as dirty, you know, polluted form of energy. Well, fracking actually is basically, it has a lot more benefits in air quality, including lower carbon dioxide emissions in coal. Actually, actually I'm sorry, go ahead, Ruben. And actually also, the reason, and I think most people may not know this, the price of oil today has a lot to do with the increased Production of of, of of fracking, of fracking production in North Dakota, in Colorado, in, in the on the, in, basically in the, on the West Coast. So I believe it has its benefits. It's not perfect, not one hundred percent. And I think the producers of or uh, 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 the investment, uh, the people who are actually uh, involved in the fracking industry, are a lot more conscious of being kind of not like the EPA and in, in, in spilling oil or uh, toxic into the rivers like they, had, like they did this week. I think uh, to answer your first question about coal, uh, for, yeah, uh, coal has tended to be uh, a dirty uh, uh, fuel resource, and I live in an area where almost all the anthracite coal is mined. So uh, I do live in a coal region, and uh, it's a long history of uh, coal mining in this area. However, uh, what we're finding is that coal uh, is dirty. Even the new regulations uh, uh, on coal uh, do not make it a whole lot cleaner. But what a lot of people don't know is that uh, hydraulic fracturing, uh, the horizontal method, not the vertical method, but the current horizontal method, actually puts more carbon dioxide in the air uh, and leads to more global uh, uh, change than does coal. So we're seeing more of the problem of uh, global uh, change because of the increase of carbon dioxide from the methane from the horizontal uh, fracturing. Also, what we find is that uh, uh, significant health uh, risks from uh, uh, the, the uh, horizontal fracturing, uh, the health risks uh, are significant, and uh, the reason being is that uh, coal uh, uh, does not have a uh, tendency to get into the air as much as uh, uh uh, fracking methane does. What we have is if the methane from the uh, from the uh, fracking gets into the air, uh, it traps carbon dioxide uh, and uh, helps uh, 
deal with our ozone level, helps uh, further open that ozone level. But the chemicals that go into the horizontal uh, fracturing, I'm sorry, the chemicals that go into the earth are far more significant uh, than uh, what we deal with with the coal industry. Going into the earth, we have all kinds of major chemicals and we're dealing with three to five to eight million gallons of water going into the earth at one time. Now, the uh, problem also is that with the chemicals, you push it into the earth, something is going to happen. And th- this is the problem is that they put it into the earth, that volume, that high pressure volume of chemicals and water also will release embedded uh, elements that are in the earth, primarily radon. Uh, and other radioactive materials that were embedded there that were not causing any problems because then they have to bring up all this stuff. So we're also seeing a lot of evidence of uh, water pollution. Uh, We're seeing an awful lot of evidence of air pollution, and we're seeing a lot of environment because of that. So basically, the National Academic of Science uh, has concluded that hydraulic fracturing, also known as fracking, doesn't appear to contribute significantly to global warming, as, as many environmental groups have, have indicated. And Actually, that's... Very uh, rep- yeah, the National Academy of uh, Sciences information is not accurate uh, because part of the research that I've done for both books, fracking... Uh, Pennsylvania and Fracking America show the overwhelming number of scientists that deal with climate science. Uh, that includes physicists, geologists, and uh, uh, meteorologists and others. Uh, about 97% of them say that fracking has not only contributed to uh, global warming, but uh, global warming is man-made and uh, not an act of God or other things. Uh, also, the United Nations uh, uh, has uh, basically stated this as well. Uh, so we've got an awful lot of evidence of scientists that are uh, saying that global warming is man-made and that a major uh, reason for it is fracking as well as uh, human uh, use of uh, uh, fossil fuels as opposed to renewable energy. I would I wouldn't put too much uh, I I wouldn't put too much on uh, what the United Nations says. They're pretty pretty. Uh, it's a pretty right, very right. dysfunctional. Um, Professor, let me ask you. Jump in here for a minute. What, what is the difference between the horizontal and the vertical? Is, if any, okay, is one worse yeah. than the other? Oh uh, yeah, uh, vertical fracking, which began in the uh, mid forties. Uh, uh, basically is uh, going straight down into the earth. Uh, it uses maybe 50,000 gallons of water and a few chemicals uh, as opposed to uh, horizontal fracking, which uses, uh, as I said, 3 to 8 million gallons of water per well uh, and uh, maybe 100,000 gallons of chemicals. And it goes uh, down uh, 1 to 2 miles uh, now, you get the horizontal because uh, the tubes will go down and then turn at an angle to get to the shale. Now, the reason why 
it was uneconomical before horizontal fracking because there, there was a lot of shale. But uh, sometimes the uh, depth was only a couple hundred feet or 300 feet or 400 feet, which did not make vertical fracking very uh, economical to get into them. When you have the uh, fact that you could put a pipe down into the earth and turn it uh, for up to a mile. So you got maybe a mile to two miles down and then uh, turning yet, uh, let's say, at a 90-degree angle into the shale, uh, which is, you know, two, three, four hundred feet. Uh, it makes it more economical, uh, but it also requires a lot more chemicals, a lot more uh, uh, water, uh, and uh, that becomes uh, that problem. Uh, plus, you're destroying uh, rock as you're going down. Uh, so th those are the two basics. Now, the industry will say that they've been doing fracking safely since the you know, for the last 65 years. Technically, that's accurate, but it, what they don't say, that's a half-truth. What they don't say is that they go, is that they've been doing vertical fracking without a lot of disaster problems for those 65 years. Horizontal fracking in the last decade has had numerous incidents and problems, which I document in the books. Wow. Um, um, I, I know that... I know the impact that you're mentioning, and I, and I do understand and respect that, uh, Professor. Um, I, I just my 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 beef, or what I don't uh, uh, agree with, is the fact that there's certain countries, certain organizations, even within our uh, uh, even with our um, own president and in, in, uh, the administration, the idea. That they're trying. I mean, the, the idea is that they're try, trying to basically destroy the fracking industry because it's lower the price of oil. I mean, right now, here in the state of Texas, to fill your tank is two dollars and seventeen cents, and that that re, the reason is that is that the price is so low is because of fracking and the Saudis. And President Obama and 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 a lot of his uh, administration uh, folks don't like that because they're not you know basically the Saudis are not making money. Well, the Saudis have uh, deliberately uh, uh, not decreased production in order to drive some of the American systems out of whack. And yes, uh, we're seeing uh, lower gas prices in our area. It's about two seventy nine, two eighty nine a gallon. But uh, the reality is the uh, uh, reduction in the uh, uh, price of oil in today, uh, or this past week, it's uh, dropped uh, into uh, the 40s uh, per barrel as opposed to over $100 where it was uh, over a year ago. Yes, that's a slight benefit, but uh, the fact is, is that uh, at some point, that's going to change. You know, the cycles are showing that, yes, they can drive it down and uh, get what they want, but at some point the price is going to go back up again. And uh, we're still going to have the problems of the fossil fuel industry. The uh, reality is, uh, right now, uh, the Saudis and most of the Middle East countries that have oil are developing renewable energy. So, uh, at the same time that the Saudis have lowered the price of the production of oil, 
they're projecting within 20 years that one-third of their entire country will be uh, solar and wind energy. Uh, the Kuwaitis uh, are uh, uh, dealing with uh, renewable energy. And so we're seeing is that uh, they have figured it out that uh, uh, fossil fuel is not good for the uh, world's uh, energy, uh, and they're developing uh, all kinds of new systems. Uh, in the United States, we're starting to see a larger uh, renewable energy uh, push. Uh, now, one thing about the National Academy of Sciences, I want to go back to an earlier thing that you said. Uh, the uh, National Academy of Sciences and the Royal Society of Great Britain issued a publication last uh, February, that's February 2014, that said, global warming, global warming, and I'm going to quote here, will threaten food production, freshwater supplies, coastal infrastructure, and especially the welfare of the huge population living in low-lying areas. Uh, that was followed by the uh, American Association for the Advancement of Science that issued a uh, major bulletin that said global warming was an established fact. That 97%, again, this 97% of climate scientists conclude that it is caused by humans and there are significant consequences. Uh, uh, also agreeing with this is the Pope and major religions. So I just wanted to go back on that one just a little bit. Uh, the, the latest well, from the um, National Academy yeah, is hold, that... Hold on, Professor. Yeah, God, I just want to ask you, uh, wh where in the United States is um, fracking being done? Okay, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we're talking horizontal fracking here. Pennsylvania is uh, ground zero in the Marcellus Shale. Uh, also Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, uh, Wyoming, uh, more oil fracking rather than gas fracking. Uh, North Dakota, very heavy on, on uh, oil fracking in North Dakota. Uh, uh, some in California, uh, uh, some in Arkansas, but those are the primary states right now that fracking occurs. Uh, but it impacts, you know, even if you're not living in an area that has fracking, it does impact you in a number of different ways. Well, I just want to interject into what Professor Brash uh, said uh, about the uh, Middle East countries going to renewable energy. Well, Australia is moving away from the renewable energy. Uh, and a lot of countries in, in, in Europe are also moving away from w uh, the wind uh, turbines, uh, from, uh, from solar, because you cannot, I don't see how that can actually become the new way of heating and, and, and uh, producing electricity for millions and millions of people. It's just that it's not reality. Well, actually, uh, it is because if you look at Europe, uh, uh, you're seeing uh, major uh, major uh, programs that are uh, developed uh, in uh, both solar and uh, 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 both solar and uh, wind energy, as well as uh, biogenic. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, Israel has a huge. Uh, uh, I, I'm talking a huge industry in uh, providing solar energy, uh, not just for the, that country, but for Americans as well. Uh, there's uh, 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 India uh, is a world leader in wind-generated power, and this is uh, about a billion people that live in India. The first phase, 
of their uh, of their wind energy is going to be completed uh, in about two years, and it allows uh, the uh, country within 30 years to have about uh, one sixth to one eighth of all the energy through solar power, and then uh, another uh, eighth through wind power. So about a quarter of all of its energy is going to be in uh, wind or solar. Uh, South Africa is uh, huge on uh, uh, solar. Two-thirds, uh, this is in Europe, two thir- about two-thirds of the world's increase in solar energy is in Europe. Uh, so you're starting to see uh, most uh, uh, of Europe going uh, solar uh, and uh, wind energy off of Netherlands. Iceland is almost 100% renewable. Uh, Germany uh, will have over half of its energy uh, done by renewables uh, uh, within the next, I believe, uh, 20 years. So you're starting to see a development of this uh, as far as the use of solar and wind energy throughout the world. And yes, there will always be coal energy, there will always be fossil fuel energy, but you're starting to see a new development. Well... Um, I just yeah, hold on, Ruben. I just got a text from somebody, um, and they said that um, uh, with fracking, um, you can access more gas and oil, um, and, and it also gives improved air quality. I don't know what they mean by some of this, and decreased dependency on foreign oil. Um, it can also lower your taxes and give an increased return on investment. Um, um, I, so, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. You can comment. Okay. I would say that that's completely incorrect, and uh, I've read the same things uh, that are put out by the oh. uh, energy companies. Uh, but let's take it one at a time. It reduce the concept of it reducing Access. the okay. necessity. Access. I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. Um, they text me. The first one was access more gas and oil. Yeah, that is. It, it will access more gas and oil that was previously untapped. Uh, uh, However, if you take a look at the whole nature of uh, the industry, let's say that you put down a well today, and it's going to bring in so many uh, uh, BTUs of gas or barrels of oil. Generally, you start seeing a fall off in two to three months, and a huge fall off by the end of two years. So. Uh, it's not it's not a permanent thing you know i i've heard you know it's going to provide us uh energy for the next 100 years well if you put wells everywhere that you could put wells uh to get that gas and uh oil we're talking maybe 20 years before this process is going to be dead uh only because of the na- nature of uh, how a well produces at a certain point it becomes uneconomical you've got You've tapped into a rich vein. You've gotten a whole lot of gas or oil, and then it, uh, uh, it does not produce economically. Yes, you could still get it. Sort of like I can go into uh, a place in Nevada and pan for gold, but it might take ten thousand dollars to get a thousand dollars worth of gold. So I'm not going to do that. So the same thing with the uh, gas and uh, oil is that it's not uh, giving us a whole lot more at this point. Uh, than uh, some other sources are. Right now, uh, 
we're seeing in Pennsylvania, again, that was the center of the Marcellus Shale, the center of uh, the huge uh, explosion in, uh, I shouldn't use the word explosion, I guess, with natural gas, but the huge uh, increase in natural gas. Companies are moving out of the area. We've got a whole lot of companies that are going bankrupt now. Uh, we got a lot of companies that uh, that promised us thousands and thousands of jobs, and the jobs are drying up. They're not staying here, so you've got that problem right now. And we're talking about a decade into the uh, procedure. Well, and I also mentioned I, I, improved air quality. And it has not improved air quality. Ones. Yeah, the scientists are very, very, uh, very, very strong about this is that uh, uh, I could, you know, quote you uh, 50 scientists that have said the air quality has not been improved because of natural gas. Uh, and it would be very hard for uh, people not connected to the energy industry to say there are other independent scientists who say it's much better because of gas and oil uh, fracking. It is not. Uh uh, almost any scientist that I contacted for this book, whether it was a, a physician, a uh, physicist, a biologist, a chemist, uh, whatever, almost everyone uh, that was independent of uh, uh, you know the anti-fracking movement or the fracking movement that were independent scientists have shown that there is a, a significant uh, health and environmental hazard because of horizontal fracking. Well, ahead, Ruben, I know yeah, well, I, I have to, I have to refute uh, Professor Brasher's uh, um, indication, or what he was pointing out that uh, in Europe they're basically more in fa- uh, they're, uh, it's a lot more favorable renewable energy than fracking. The Europe, uh, Spiegel, which is uh, which is the largest newspaper magazine in Germany has come out that the EU, EU and the European Commission is going to forego ambitious climate protection goals and pave the way for fracking. Basically, a lot of the countries in Europe are going to, they're going away from renewal because it doesn't work. Fracking is the new way. It's going to basically make, make production because, you know, Europe, you know this, Europe depends a lot of Russia because Russia is the largest producer of natural gas. They don't want to be dependent on Russia anymore. So they want to basically go into fracking and start producing in every country. And that's, that's, that's the, cli- the climate right now. There is, I do agree with you that Germany is very strong for renewable energy. But right now there's a friction, a climate friction between Brussels which is the headquarters of, of the European Union, and Berlin, because the European Commission basically is going away from what Chancellor Angela Mar- Merkel is trying to implement in Europe. So I just I think, to make... Yeah, I think what you're seeing is also some uh, uh, questions. Uh, you brought in the Russian thing, uh, and we keep hearing about energy in, uh, independence. Uh, and Gazprom, G-A-Z-P-R-O-M, which is the largest uh, oil uh, gas distributor in the world, which is Russian-owned. Uh, the reality here is if we want to be energy independent, why are we 
now setting up systems by the American uh, gas companies and oil companies to export liquefied natural gas. And that's uh, going on right now is that they're saying that the price is so low right now they can't make a profit in the United States. So what they're doing is setting up entire systems to export it to Asia and India uh, at where they can get higher prices. But that has all sorts of other problems. So how are we going to be independent if we still are going to be uh, importing gas and oil from Saudi uh, and Venezuela and uh, even Canada uh, and other uh, countries if the entire system now is saying, oops, we got to, we overdrilled, we put too much into the earth, the costs are too low, we can't make any money, we're going to get rid of it. We're sending it to other countries. So that becomes a, a major issue. It, it, it um, does. Let, hold on, yeah. Let me just ask you this. Are fracking companies um, uh, required by law to provide a list of chemicals that they use for the job? No, not by law. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit okay. of that because of huge anti-fracking movement that has demanded it. But uh, most of the companies will say that they are still uh, taking it as trade secrets of what they're putting into the earth, proprietary information. Uh, we're seeing all kinds of problems uh, in that direction uh, as far as uh, the uh, use of uh, so, so uh, chemicals. Let's say, I, let, let's say somebody gets sick for whatever reason, and like you said before earlier, you said the doctor says, oh, it's something with the water or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, are these companies held liable then? I'm Probably sorry, say not, that again? Right? Are these companies, fracking, co fracking companies held liable in any way? Uh, no, no, we're not seeing a whole lot of that uh, happening right now. Uh, we're seeing uh, an awful lot of uh, uh, suits that are starting to be developed, but uh, generally uh, we're not seeing strong uh, regulation. Part of that reason is I, I did a whole lot of research on the politics and uh, on the... Uh, the concept of uh, money, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find so yeah, the politics and the money uh, is influencing the regulation and the lack of regulation. In Pennsylvania, there was a huge uh, problem uh, under a previous governor for four years that was very, very industry-friendly and a lack of... Uh, significant uh, enforcement of the uh, regulations that were written. So even though the regulations were industry-friendly, there was minimal enforcement. Uh, the concept here in Pennsylvania was uh, that uh, they'd rather educate. So if a, a company had a violation, they wanted, them to, wanted to educate them so they didn't fine them. Well, companies would have a 1,000 violations and maybe... 10 citations. So we've seen a lot of that happening. And I kind of compare it to if I'm driving a car on a superhighway and I'm doing 85 and I get pulled over, I doubt that state trooper is going to educate me and say, don't do that again. They're going to give me a citation. So we had the regulatory agency in Pennsylvania not regulating. And we saw that huge in Texas. Colorado has got a much better system going. There more regulation. But again, the same thing with the chemicals is 
if they are not required to disclose all their chemicals and the effects of the chemicals uh, and the amounts, why uh, should uh, they uh, be given another pass on uh, violations? Oh, okay. Um, go ahead, Ruben. Well, I know you want to ask. <laughs> well, <laughs> now that we got into politics, something that Professor Brash did not want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we got I, into I, politics. I see Ruben uh, smiling over there. Go ahead, Ruben. <laughs> well, you know, basically, I, I, I have to say that the uh, your party, which is the Democrat Party, has been, you know, uh, has actually been involved quite heavily with fracking. When Congress was controlled by the Democrats, basically a lot of the fracking uh, laws were passed during the Democrat-controlled Congress. Actually, uh, I agree that the Democrats have not been exactly uh, above board on any of this. And when you look at the amount of money that Democrats get, they do get money from the gas and oil industry. But the major laws that were uh, written uh, for environmental protection started with uh, Richard Nixon, surprisingly. And uh, more laws were written to protect uh, the environment uh, under uh, uh, George Bush the first. However, there were a number of exemptions uh, under George Bush the second or George W. Bush, uh, and we call them the Halliburton loophole because of Dick Cheney being the CEO of Halliburton and so forth. A number of environmental laws exempted fracking under the Bush administration, Bush-Cheney administration, the Clean Streams Act, uh, the Recyclable Act, a whole lot of the Air Quality Acts. Most of those acts that protect the environment, there were exemptions for the oil and gas industry. And that came about during the eight years of the Bush-Cheney administration, largely because of Cheney rather than Bush himself. Right. Uh, and the Democrats, when they did have control of Congress, could have done something, and they did not. So you are right about that. And I'll give you, I'll give you more examples. Governor Jerry Brown signed into law new regulations for the fracking industry that allows companies to explore oil-rich areas around the San Joaquin Valley. Governor, former governor, Democrat from uh, Illinois, Pat Quinn, Senator Chuck Schumer. So, you know, Democrats have been, you know, Democrats complain about fracking, but I think they're very hypocritical because they're, they're embracing and they have been supporting fracking. But all we hear is that the Republicans and, you know, they're, they're owned by the, uh, by the oil companies and the fracking companies. But in reality, as we do in this show, we expose both parties. Oh, I agree. There's no party that's uh, innocent. However, you know, when you look at the amount of money that goes into uh, uh, the uh, pockets of the legislators and the congressmen, about 75 to 80 percent of it goes to Republicans rather than Democrats. But let's go back to Jerry Brown. About a year ago, uh, he and the governors of Oregon and uh, um, uh, Washington urged the federal government to ban drilling off the West Coast. Uh, so the three governors on the Pacific uh, Coast had urged the federal government not to allow fracking off the West Coast uh, into the ocean, 
And this is under the Obama administration, and nothing was done about that. Now, there is a uh, new uh, law just signed, uh, let's see, uh, I think in April or May of this year, uh, that uh, by Jerry Brown that uh, approved uh, fracking, uh, but under extremely strict uh, conditions. Uh, and so that became, uh, uh, you know, possibly the most strictest since uh, Colorado's laws. Uh, but it also uh, reduced, uh, this is also interesting, Jerry Brown being an environmentalist, and there's a huge drought in California in the Southwest, mm-hmm. exempted from that those drought restrictions, exempted from the drought re- restrictions uh, is fracking, which I think is amazing. You know, uh, Hollywood stars can no longer water their lawns, but we can allow the uh, gas companies to continue to take water uh, and to uh, frack to get, uh, you know, uh, gas and oil. Right, but but the thing is with Jerry yeah. Brown is Jerry Brown, you know, he says one thing and he does something else. Uh, you, you you really cannot, and he's a typical politician. He he tells you one thing and he does something else. Yeah, he yeah, you're right. He he's mm-hmm. not unlike any other politician, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, there is a huge movement in California now. Uh, fracking is not a major problem in California, only because the nature of the geology of California uh, and the fact that uh, uh, oil is very, very heavy in central California, and you right. can frack down into Los Angeles uh, in the south part and uh, a little bit north uh, around Bakersfield, which is really very heavy. But uh, in this case, uh, the geology doesn't lend to horizontal fracking as much as it does to vertical fracking and other ways to get out the oil, which had been done for decades in uh, the central part of California. Uh, So uh, even uh, with very strict regulations, there will still be uh, uh, um, oil uh, exploration and delivery from California. as opposed to, say, Pennsylvania, which is primarily uh, gas uh, uh, through the Marcella Shale. Uh, so there's there's a little bit of a difference there. And also uh, we're seeing, because of the drought, a lot of these oil companies need water to bring up, you know, I, like I said, 3 to 8 million gallons, and some wells require 21 million gallons, depending upon the nature of the shale and the nature of the rock going in. The problem here is that they can buy water, uh, and so a farmer says, let me think, I'm going to uh, use X number of gallons to water my crop, and I can spend X amount of dollars to do that, or I can sell that water rights to the oil companies. So what we're seeing is an awful lot of fa- farmers selling water rights to the fracking companies that can pay 10 times, 50 times more than the going price for water. Uh so what we're seeing now is our cost of vegetables, you know, the, the nonsense that I hear from the energy industry of uh, it's lowered everything, you know, including your eating. No, it hasn't. The cost to buy vegetables are going up because of the drought and the fact that there's not enough water to uh, take care of the agriculture. Uh, in North Dakota, for instance, uh, Durham wheat, 
is its primary uh, uh, crop, and it, it supplies well over three-fourths of the entire country. Uh, durum wheat goes into everything from, you know, like bread to pizzas to whatever. It's a major, major crop, but it lies at almost the same kind of levels, uh, just above the uh, level of uh, the uh, oil in that area. So the companies have come in, and they've taken about a third of that state to uh, bring up oil, and we're not seeing the agriculture uh, surviving as well as it should. We're seeing a decrease in production and an increase in uh, consumer pricing. Uh, but hold anyway, anyway. Folks, well, hold on, Ruben. I just want to tell everybody to please call in. You can call in the number here, 646-915-8117, and ask the question. Um, Ruben and I don't bite. <laughs> um, so don't be shy to do that. It's 646-915-8117, um, only because I know a lot of you text me and Facebook me. And I just got another one here. Uh, and, Professor, this one says that um, fracking uh, does lead to an increase in pollution uh, and the spread of toxins. So we're getting yes. some pros and cons here. Um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, it does uh, result in additional uh, pollution. Uh, I've talked to so many people uh, on all sides of the issue, uh, and one thing that happens is we're seeing increased pollution in the waters uh, for any of a dozen different reasons. We're seeing increased pollution in the air for a dozen different reasons. And uh, this is not something that we can say, well, that's just a political argument or that's just uh, those anti-fracker types or those fractivists or those environmentalists. It's stuff that is being seen, uh, monitored, recorded by scientists. uh, And they can link some of the fracking to some of the uh, problems of the pollution. Oh, my. And how about noise pollution? Oh, noise pollution. Oh, I love that one. Uh, If anybody's lived anywhere near a compressor station, a compressor station is uh, a place, it's sort of like a halfway house. Uh, The gas uh, gets sent to a a compressor station and then is prepared to send along the line to another uh, station. So you can't just send uh, uh, gas, you know, 2,000 miles. You you have to have something in between that uh, takes it uh, and sends it along the line. The sound levels are enormous. Uh, I've heard it. Uh, I've heard some of these uh, stations. Uh, uh, the, the, so the compressor station that goes 24/7. They don't stop. Uh, that that uh, noise is horrible. Uh, now, if you get a half a mile away, you're going to hear less of it. If you live within a mile, you're still going to hear that noise. Also, the the noise from actually setting up the well pads and drilling is enormous. Uh, We're talking 200 uh, trucks a day coming in and out of those sites. And they are all kinds of trucks from pickups to 18-wheelers bringing uh, chemicals, bringing water, taking water away, going to get other uh, uh, elements uh, for the uh, procedure. Uh, You're talking... The actual drilling itself, which is maybe 45 to 60 days, depending upon the place, that is very, very noisy. Uh, 
So, uh, yes, you're getting a huge amount of noise pollution. Now, I just want to interject uh, in regards to um, and finish off what I I had started about the uh, Democrats collecting uh, so much money from the uh, natural oil and gas and packing industry. Uh, Jerry Brown uh, collected, he was paid $2.5 million in contributions from oil natural gas interest. So we're talking about someone who, who... professes that he's an environmentalist and he you know he's for the environment why would you why would you believe anything that this man or anyone in the political circle that, that is in favor of global warming I mean he came out one uh, I think a couple of months ago saying that you know basically all the, all those deniers uh, of global warming were nuts and and, and and should be should be locked up I mean, this is this is a, a, a unbelievable that people would actually believe the governor of California. I don't. I, I've never come across that 2.5 million figure of him accepting that much money from the oil and gas industry. I think that's a little bit outrageous uh, uh, claim on that part because uh, we're talking uh, a couple million to the governor of Pennsylvania, who is extremely pro fracking and pro. Uh, uh, oil and gas, and very anti-environment, uh, and that was only right. a couple million dollars during his campaign. So I, I'm not sure about that 2.5 million toward Jerry Brown. Well, uh, uh, the source is the East Bay Express, which is a basically out of Oakland and, and Berkeley, and those are not Republican-based newspapers. Uh, uh, I, I would have to really see where they got that that figure because I can't see two point five million dollars uh, okay, from the so oil and gas let's, industry. So let's let's say it's one one point uh, a million, half a million, for someone who basically advocates for the environment, and he's taking money from the very same people that he's actually criticizing. Well. Yeah, all politicians take money from wherever they can get it, obviously. But uh, I don't know how, you know, I, I have not analyzed his campaign uh, uh, funding at all. But 2.5, from what I do know about that uh, state, and I am a native Californian, so I tend to follow that a little bit more than I do other states. Uh, that 2.5 is extremely high, and uh, the East Bay paper uh, is not. Uh, one of uh, the papers that I would, uh, as a journalist, uh, follow for complete accuracy. But so I don't know where they got the 2.5. I'd be interested to find out what the source was. Okay, I, I give. I'll, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. This this is interesting, and I got something else here. Um, uh, you know, uh, somebody just texted me. They said if we continue with fracking. Um, it will prevent the government from exploring new energy sources. Yeah, that person is uh, correct. Uh, what happens is that we're we're uh, giving a, a huge subsidy to the oil industry. We're uh, the U.S. is giving about four billion dollars a year of subsidy to the oil industry. This is also the one industry that you can almost make money off of, or used to be able to make money off of. They were having billion-dollar profits, $10 billion profits a year. Uh, do they need money? 
Well, you know, the thing that interests me is that the conservatives keep saying about uh, government should not get involved uh, with uh, business. And, uh, you know, we, we have all kinds of uh, issues there. If that is accurate, why are the conservatives wanting to give a subsidy to a corporation or to an industry that is actually making money, a lot of money, uh, this and not giving as much to the renewable energy industry. So, yeah, what's happening is because that amount of money, if it was being given to the renewable energy industry every year for the last decade, we'd have far more renewable energy. Where right now, most of that is going on uh, 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 private enterprise uh, with some, you know, government programs. Interestingly, just this past year, Governor, or I'm sorry, uh, President Obama set up a program to train 50,000 veterans, uh, 50,000 unemployed veterans uh, in renewable energy and has provided uh, funding for their education. This, I think, is the way to go, is you're taking care of an energy source, you're taking care of unemployment, and you're helping veterans. This is a win-win situation from what I can see. Uh, And certainly, we don't need to give $4 billion dollars uh, to an industry that is making billions in profits every year uh, up until this past uh, year where they started taking losses. Uh, my recommendation is don't invest in the oil industry. They're, you know, the only people that are benefiting right now are the CEOs who have kept their million-plus salaries. Right. Okay. I, I want to uh, ask I, you, I, uh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. One, one more question. Um, Professor, you got a lot of support for your position? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again, please. Have you gotten a lot of support for your position? Yeah, actually, I have. Yeah, Yeah, I've also gotten attacked. You know, I mean, that's the way it is with journalists, you know, and social activist journalists. Uh, You take the good and you take the bad, and uh, uh, once you start getting everybody to agree with you, then you start to wonder what you did wrong. But yeah, I've gotten (laughs) an awful lot of support. uh, from the movement and I from find uh, it, environmental. I find it very interesting. You know, this whole topic, very interesting, you know. Um, I'm just uh, amazed by it. I I didn't know there was all this downfall with it until I've been researching it, you know. And, and there are some positives, too, you know, like, um, you know, lower taxes and all that. So it, it's such an, an interesting topic. Well, yeah, we we go to Pennsylvania. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ruben. We are we we're playing here the good cop, bad cop. Doreen's the good cop. I'm the bad cop here. <laughs> I like you both, and I've known Ruben a long time. <laughs> uh, well, I want to I want to I want to um, go back to what uh, Professor Brash said about the uh, the money that's going to the fracking industry. Well, we we uh, the the U.S. President Obama. Uh, has wasted $154 billion on renewable energy. Uh, do we remember Solyndra? Uh, $539 oh, yes. million. Bound Solar, $70 million. Uh, the hybrid car manufacturer, Fisker Automotive, that was $139 million. I mean, we, we have spent so much money on renewable energy. What do we have to show for? Nothing. Well, actually, uh, now that you mention it, I can go to... <laughs> Chapter 25 of my new book, um, Fracking America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
uh, tell you that uh, what's happening is, uh, yes, at the beginning of every industry, uh, you get an awful lot of waste and people are experimenting. The same thing happened with fracking. There was an awful lot of wasted uh, money and energy in that. But frankly, the horizontal fracking would not have occurred had not the Department of Energy gotten involved and put a lot of money into the development of that. Uh, so the U.S. basically helped out uh, the uh, new uh, industry uh, at that point. But uh, we're taking a look at uh, what's happening just in the United States. Uh, we have Spanish and Israeli companies coming into the United States making money and setting up uh, huge solar fields and wind fields and uh, uh, Southern California and Central California have huge solar industry uh, right now uh, off the coast of Maine. Uh, huge uh, uh, wind turbines began uh, uh, producing power uh, a couple years ago, and that's uh, with the University of Maine scientists developing it. Uh, Burlington, Vermont, every house in Burlington is receiving its power from renewable energy. Every house in Burlington, uh, Vermont. Uh, Kodiak Island in Alaska is 100% wind turbine energy right now. Uh, we're starting to see uh, uh, huge... Uh, well, for instance, uh, a Spanish uh, group uh, constructed 102 wind turbines. Uh, I can't remember the exact number. It's around 20,000 acres near Elizabeth City, North Carolina that it's going to power about 60,000 homes uh, within the next two years. So we're starting to see this develop. But again, yeah, uh, yes, there were some problems with Solyndra. There were some problems out there with uh, fraud. There is in every industry. Uh, but we're getting over that. We're starting to see development of solar. We're starting to see the development of wind. Uh, and uh, we're even starting to see... Uh, uh, projections for full uh, renewable energy. Now, I do not have renewable energy in my house only because I can't get it. Uh, I'm using gas. I tell people flat out I use gas energy in the house. If I could get renewable for about the same price, I would do that. But we're seeing the cost of solar panel is dropping immensely right now so that possibly in two to five years, I will be able to use uh, uh, solar energy to power my uh, stove and my gas <laughs> My gas uh, dryer and washer and uh, lights, uh, but uh, it's at a point now uh, that uh, we're almost at the point of uh, being able to go renewable. Uh, where I live and other places are going fully renewable. Uh, right now, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I want to say, Professor, um, we're running out of time. We have about a minute left. Um, well, I, I would like to ahead, uh, have, I, I would like the professor to perhaps to promote his book and also his website. Oh, yes, that's the best the question of the whole evening. <laughs> yeah, the book <laughs> is called <laughs> The book is called Fracking Pennsylvania: Flirting with Disaster. And it's available through Amazon uh or barnesandnoble.com or your local bookstore. Uh and uh, the next book is called Fracking America, but that's not available just yet. But it's a much bigger uh, study, much more uh, information. Uh, and I do present both sides of the issue, even though I do lean to one side. Uh, my website, my personal Hi. website is Walter Brash, B-R-A-S-C-H, WalterBrash.com. 
Right. And, um, Professor, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Um, I thank you very much for allowing me. Oh, I, I, yeah. I love uh, talking with Ruben. Uh, he and I email back and forth now and then on columns <laughs> that I write. Uh, so, I, And this is fun. You know, I mean, uh, I believe in everybody should have as much information as they can, the good, the bad, the indifferent, and make your own choices. Right. Absolutely. I agree. And folks, we're going to move on to a different segment. Um, we're going to have about a five-minute break. Um, you're going to be listening to the Blue Danube, so hang on. And Ruben, you hang on too. Uh, then we're going to be talking thank you, with Professor Nicole. Yeah. And thank yes. you very much. Yes. And we'll and be talking. Folks, we're, going, we're going to be talking with Nicole Sanders. She is a journalist and author um, for the, Save the Save the Jersey blog. Um, and that will be coming up in about five minutes, so hang on. And once again, thank you very much, Professor, for joining us tonight. Okay, and I thank you again. Yep.
And folks, I'd like to welcome you back. And Ruben, can you hear yes, me? Yes, I'm here. Welcome I'm here. back to the second half of the show. Um, <laughs> we're going to be getting into a little bit of Jersey politics in just about a minute or so. Um, we have a gal. Her name is Nicole Sanders. Um, she's coming up. Um, and actually, before I do that, Ruben, uh, I want to play around a little bit and talk about how the governor did in the debate last Thursday. Um, so you well, can share your thoughts a little bit. Uh, I thought he did well. Um, I, I do disagree with the, uh, the, the, uh, the exchange between him and, and Rand Paul. I, I happen to disagree with uh, Governor Christie on, on the Fourth Amendment. Uh, I believe that the NSA should not be uh, uh, listening in, uh, on the private conversations or, or reading emails. They should be focusing on the terrorists. I agree with that. But I believe uh, Governor Christie was uh, incorrect or wrong on his assumption that you know the NSA does have the free will to to uh, basically uh, he uh, read and and, and uh, snoop around our private emails. What is his prospect for president? Obviously, he's not I, the front runner right now. I think um, he'll end up. I think he'll end up either as uh, with a cabinet position or the Attorney General of the United States. Uh, I don't see him as much as I I, I do like him. I do like uh, Governor Christie, uh, but I, I I don't see him really being number one or even number two. I don't think he would would accept a role as number two. Um, but I I think that. Um, he, he's definitely not going to go very far uh, in regards to the presidency. I think the front runners. Um, uh, do you think he hasn't recovered from the Bridgegate? Excuse me, Bridgegate scandal. I think the bridge, Bridgegate did not help, uh, but I think the economy in New Jersey has had the the biggest impact on 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 his. Uh, you know, running for office, uh, running for the presidency. Uh, I think the economy has really impacted because, you know, if, if you if you don't have a good economy, uh, how could you run? If you can't run your own state, how could you run the whole country? So, I think that's the, that's the the part that has hurt him the most, the economy in New Jersey, which is really not doing well, and that's the reason I left. We left. Um, let's bring on our guest here. Her name is Nicole Sanders. She is uh, a writer for Save the Jersey blog. Nicole, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Welcome to the Hi, show. Hi, Nicole. Hi, how are you? All right. Uh, Great to have you. Um, we ha- ha- Thank have you. Have been listening, Nicole? Uh, we've been talking about Governor Christie. Um, yes, I, I've been listening. Share, share your thoughts on that, how he did the debate and all that. Um, well, you know, I've always, since 2009, I was a big Christie cheerleader. I, I even ran one of his coalitions. But I have to tell you, I don't think this time around is his time necessarily necessarily to run for president. Um, you know, I, I've talked to a couple people that, you know, are working on his campaign, and, and some of them do feel the same way. Um, I just really believe that, yeah, the economy in New Jersey hurt him and his scandals are hurting him, too. So I don't really see him getting that far, unfortunately. Right. Uh, definitely. 
I agree with I'll let Nicole. You take it first this time. But I I wanted to ask Nicole because you know I, I want to also include that she writes some great articles in Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Let me get this correct. Are you a writer for Save the Jersey blog? I'm a writer for Save Jersey and for the Shark Tank. Save Jersey uh, in oh, New Jersey, okay. obviously. Yeah, and Shark Tank's okay. here in Florida. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a great, okay. great, I mean, her, Nicole's articles, I read them every single day. Oh, thank you. Can you share, uh, yeah. can you share one of your articles, Nicole, if you'd like to? Um, share it. What do you or, mean? Just talk about talk, it briefly. Talk about one of them. One, one something that you wrote. Well, well, I wrote about an interesting article. Article today. It's a little off topic, but I don't know if anybody knows. But um, Obama's executive assistant actually got in trouble. She was put in jail because she tried to shoot her lover, who was a Capitol police officer, with his gun because um, she found out that he was cheating on her. So that was a, a very oh popular article. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the national news outlets didn't really pick it up. I mean, I got my source from CNN, but they kind of downplay it because the president, you know, has control over the media. But uh, I, I found that to be very alarming and kind of contradict. it kind of contradicts his uh, gun policies. <laughs> I, I read wow. that article. Uh, it was really interesting because it actually points out that what, whatever his, you know, the people who idolize the president who say that this is a, a scandal-free administration, they must be still drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. One of the examples. But let's, let's uh, if we can get back on topic, uh, one of the topics that we had uh, agreed um that we can work on is uh, is the presidential race of 2016. What was mm-hmm. what was your take on the the debates last week in in, Cle- in Cleveland with the ten candidates, the tier one candidates, and then the the, the rest, which were the tier two candidates? What was your impression uh, in regards to how they came across? Besides Governor Christie, which we just spoke about him right now. Uh, yeah, well, we probably do. Maybe Donald Trump, if you take it like an individual basis. Okay. Um, yeah, Donald Trump um, came across very abrasive. That's his style, though. You know, he's he's very abrasive, and um, you know, I felt that he was a lot on the uh, on the defense. But also, I did notice that they were kind of biased and attacking him, and having other, you know, other candidates up there answer, you know answer questions that he had just answered and 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 I thought that that was a little inappropriate but um you know it doesn't seem like it really hurt him in the polls honestly um since the debate uh, and okay. the debacle with Megan Kelly what's yes. your thoughts on that um was he too I hard think, on him? um I I think that it's kind of a slippery slope I mean as a as a journalist, you got to ask people the tough questions if if they like it or not. But I did kind of feel like she was personally targeting him. Now his comments after the debate, I also felt were inappropriate. Um, I mean, we're used to him being abrasive and and saying negative things about people, and and he bullies people around a lot. But there there's a limit that you know you shouldn't pass 
when you're running for president. There has to be some kind of decency. So that's my uh, my problem with him is comments about her. I thought it, they went a little too far. Well, so he should apologize. I, I, probably. I, I have to say that that I, I have to say that uh, Donald Trump. I, I don't think the the sensation with Donald Trump. I, it's not about Donald Trump himself. Uh, it's, I believe it's the message that is actually has taken the, especially in, in the conservative uh, Republicans, that they need to basically get that all that anger that they've had against the the rhinos, and they know who they are. Uh, mm-hmm. That when Donald Trump comes along and starts attacking these individuals. You know the the Jeb Bushes and the, and, and the uh, Kasich. Uh, people have been waiting for someone to do that, and that the only other person that actually has had the nerve, but he does it in a more articulate way and more classy way, is Ted Cruz. But that's what the right. conservative has been waiting. And and my question to you, Nicole, was: Do you feel that that's going to uh, bring the conservative votes voters out in 2016. If this, uh, I don't know. I kind of equate uh, Trump to the 2015 Christie. It was the Christie that you you know used to be, and and what he was famous for, which was you know being abrasive. Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, I know people are drawn to what he's saying. He's, Focusing on immigration and and other things that that need to be focused on that that others don't don't want to, um, but um, again I I think that as time goes on if he doesn't you know control some of his comments and, and act more like a president than just an angry person then that's going to hurt him in the long run. I mean he's up in the polls right, right. now, but there's still a long way to go. And you know what? I'm oh, just talking, though. I'm, uh, hold on, Ruben. I'm getting people texting me left and right on this one here. <laughs> and I'm reading, looking at the comments. Um, they seem the, to the say... The Trump supporters are diehards, though. So. <laughs> right, right. They seem to say that Donald Trump should not apologize. He has the right to free speech, just like everybody else. He's honest enough to tell it like it is. Um, if, if he is abrasive and offends you, the people, okay, this one here is telling us to get over it and move on. So, um, and, and I got another comment here he, saying he does like, like a president, um, and he does not seem angry to most of us. He, so pretty much, Ruben, I think you hit it on the nail. He's pretty much telling the folks like it is, you know, and that's what the the conservatives want to hear. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of people, you know, are saying that they're sick and tired of political correctness, you know, and Donald just, just, you know, tells it like it is. He's not afraid of that. Um, so um, people are still texting on this one. Um, let's move on to Jeb Bush and the reason him because he is, he's, you know, um, obviously he, he might, if he gets the nomination, he, it, it'll be more or less like people would be electing um, Bush Sr. Or, or his brother to office. And so it, it, what did he have to bring to the table that was a little bit different? 
Well, how was his uh, projection to the American people? Well, his ideas, he's more of a, a moderate or really, you know, depending on, on which issue you want to look at, he's, in my opinion, when, when he was the governor of Florida, he was conservative. Now, um, today, he's not as conservative. He has a lot of leftist ideas, honestly. I, I've seen him you know, at the debate. Um, he just really didn't stand out. I, I've seen him uh, give speeches at en- other venues, and it's just he's very awkward, and, and, and he stumbles a lot, um, and he changes his, his opinion. It's like he comes out with an opinion, like the the Iraq opinion, when he came out and he said that he supported his brother. And then every day he was changing it. It was like he was going home, looking at the statistics, and saying, okay, well, today the people uh, don't agree with me, so I'm going to go back tomorrow and say something different. And he just went back and forth and back and forth on it. Um, so that's what I don't like about him. Um, you know, I like a candidate that doesn't flip-flop on, you know, what he says. He, he sticks to, you know, what what his feelings are and his opinions. And he yeah. was for Common Core, right, Ruben? I, I know we've called this one out on Common yes. Core, and I know he I, favored that. I, 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 I have a name, a new, a new name for it, and hopefully someone will pick it up who writes articles out there. I don't call it Common Core. I call it Obama Core. But... <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I so, so he didn't stand out anything. He was not, um, nothing different. He was more or less the same as the other two Bushes, and he didn't stand out in any way. Um, no, he didn't. He didn't stand out. And I, and I want to point out that actually, when he was uh, the governor of Florida, he was the godfather of Common Core. That's the problem. That that was pretty much his idea. Um, so that's a big thing that we know here, um, that he kind of started the whole movement with Common Core. That, that's right. Oh, that's right. Okay. He, he's very involved. He's very involved with uh, with the Gates, the Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation, and 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 Parson, the the, the publisher. I mean, they're all they want to basically centralize top down from Washington all the way and get rid of the uh, state boards and local boards. But I, I just want to bring up one point about that. I think uh, where Jeb Bush is actually uh, disliked by the conservative base uh, is when it comes to illegal immigration. I, I believe that he said that uh, illegal immigrants come here because they're full of love. Uh, illegal immigrants are here because they're basically, you know, they're hard workers. Uh, you know, yes. But, you know, you're, you're basically your focus should be on protecting the border. And I think that the only one can, the only one, the only candidate that in my book has been consistent when it comes to illegal immigration. And we'll, we'll touch on illegal immigration later on. Uh, it's basically Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has been done from the very beginning. He's been very consistent. What do you think about that, Nicole? Yeah, well, um, back to Jeb Bush, I mean, he met his wife in Mexico. She's from Mexico. Her name's Columba. And he brought her her back here, essentially, um, and uh, she became a citizen. But that's where he gets a lot of his Spanish ideals from. She calls the shots, you know. That's why he has, like, an English website and a Spanish website, which, you know what, I think is innovative, and and that might be all well and good for nowadays uh, presidential elections. Um, but yeah, a lot of his immigration reform opinions, I think, comes 
you know, from her. But but he, he does, that's one of the areas that he kind of, you know, falls to the left on. And he did say something about, you know, love. I, I don't remember the exact context of it, but I know that he said that, you know, just have him pay a fine and, uh, you know, let them stay here. And for a while, he was agreeing with Obama's um, executive action on immigration reform. And that really got a lot of conservatives, you know, mad at him for that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, my, I, I, I understand that, he, you know, he, he, it's a good idea to have uh, both an uh, English and Spanish website. Uh, I'm totally against illegal immigration because my my family when they came to the united states they had to wait five years and they had to pay over three thousand dollars in fees to get here so i i don't i don't appreciate i do not appreciate someone sneaking through the, the border and getting here or staying overstaying on a visa the visa the, the yeah way. It, it's incorrect and then basically getting a free, uh, you know, a free ride. So Spanish or not Spanish, right or wrong, you know, you have to look at that. And uh, yes, you do. I I, I don't um, believe that, that, that he's looking at that. No, he's not. And I don't know. I think that um, you know a lot of the liberals. I think they use skewed statistics because I've seen other statistics where a lot of Hispanics are actually against. Um, immigration reform, at, at least the way it's being proposed uh, by Obama through his executive action, um, because it's the same reason. They came over legally. It's thousands of dollars. You know, they did it legally. A lot of our ancestors came over here legally. So, you know, I don't understand why now all of a sudden coming over illegal is kind of, you know, the, the thing to do, and it's okay. It's illegal. Right. Right. Um, let's go to John Kasich, um, and I'm going to um, read what something that he did. Um, he had angered many conservatives with his treatment of Barack Obama's Affordable Care Act while saying he was opposed to most of the law and that he favors the repeal and replace in the goal of the Republican Party. He has used increased federal funding made available by the law to strengthen Medicaid in Ohio. And Tea Party activists have actively denounced him for this. And um, many of the Tea Party refused to support him because of, because of this. So what's your take on John Kasich? Well, to be honest, um, I haven't really focused a lot on him. He just got in the race and he was kind of off my radar. Um, I did see him, though, in the debate, and, and I didn't think that he did bad necessarily. I know that he has some ideas you know, ideas or, or um, um, you know, some things that he supports that the conservatives uh, don't support, and, and you know, that, that would be one. Um, uh, ben, but, ben, Carson, ben, ben Carson, Nicole, your, yes. your opinion on, on, on Ben Carson, what, how he did, and, and, and uh, the future that lies ahead for him? Uh, I mean, I think that he did a very good job. Um, I think that, um, you know, he's, no one can take away from him that the fact that he's very intelligent. Um, nobody also uh, could say that he's a seasoned politician. He's not. He's, he's kind of the same, as, like a nicer form of uh, Donald Trump, but he, he's, he's just not polished uh, in politics. 
Um, I wouldn't count him out, though. I know a lot of people are impressed with him. He's saying a lot of things that, uh, you know, people agree with. So I'm interested to see, you know, what happens with his candidacy as we move forward. Would that attract the black vote, though? That's another big question. Um, With him on a ticket somewhere. Um, Yeah, I mean... I think so. I would think so. I mean, I, I know that a lot of blacks that voted for Obama are coming out and saying that Obama didn't do anything for them. Um, you know, and there's a lot of well, uh, I, black- no, I I know because if you're conservative and you're African American, or if you're a conservative female, the the media just tears you apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at what happened to Herman Cain. You know, they they literally rip you apart, and also Sarah Palin, mm-hmm. um, and 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 how that plays in the minds of voters, you know, is, is astronomical. You know, and now you, you know you now see this how it plays in the mind of a black voter. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 might not want to switch parties to begin with, and then ha- let alone have the media go and and hammer them. You know, I, I guess it so depends. I mean, a, a lot of the voters, um, you know, are it, it just depends where they are. You know, there's there's a lot of independent voters, you know, out there. I think they make up the majority. So but but I don't I don't really know, honestly, if that's going to be an issue. I, I mean, I, I think, like I said, I think that he's a good candidate. Is he going to bring out more of the black conservative voters? Um, I don't know. Possibly. So, so that kind of remains to be seen. Yeah, it remains to be seen um, what's going to happen with that because he's not a Herman Cain. And, and Ruben, like you kind of know this because you know you lived in New Jersey, um, and we have a lot of them type of voters here. You know. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I look at the uh, I look at Ben Carson and I, and I look at him as a, uh, a more of a cabinet position. Uh, the, 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 you know, basically the head of the uh, Department of Human Human and Health Services, basically, or an ambassador. Uh, I'm not underestimating his intelligence because he's very intelligent, but I think, uh, like Nicole said, he's not very polished when it comes to uh, politics, and I think that he's going to be, you know, yeah, his ratings went up, his, you know, uh, in, in the debate, but I think right now, a Surgeon General, um, I think he, oh, he, he could be also good for a Vice President, but I think for President right now, I don't believe that that's, uh, he, he's not ready yet for it. Now, I don't think that Obama was ready for it either, so he may surprise me, but as, as of right now, I don't believe that, that, uh, for president, he's ready. Just like I don't believe uh, Marco Rubio is ready either. Right. You know, okay. Believe, but how, how Marco... would? But okay. What are some of Marco Rubio's strengths? I'm sorry, Marco Rubio's strengths that he could bring to the table. Nicole. Um... Yeah, well, you know, I honestly think that uh, Rubio is well-liked. I mean, I I just talked to my friend uh, who works on the Hill today, actually, about the presidential race. He was a big... 
he was big behind Bush, but they're they're starting to see how Bush is playing out and and how he's not really getting a lot of support. And a lot of the you know establishment people are looking at their their second prodigal child, and that would be uh, Rubio. I mean, the way that he stands out is, uh, you know, he's well liked. Um, he has a lot of good ideas. The the only thing that really is playing against him is, you know, when he when he got up on the uh, Senate floor and, and, and he wanted the immigration reform a couple of years ago. And people don't forget that. And he's another one. He flip-flopped on his opinion in regards to it. So it just depends if the American people are going to buy it or not. I know that conservatives aren't necessarily. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, can I, 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 I personally... Ruben, yeah, can he get the Spanish vote, Ruben? I, I think he'll Did get... You, I think he'll get... He might he might get some of the liberal Hispanic votes uh, who are for illegal immigration. I don't. Uh, I definitely know that he will not get the conservative base a Hispanic vote. Uh, and he's not ready either. He's another one that I think he he might be good for a vice president or, or cabinet position, but to to be at the top, Marco Rubio is not ready. Uh, I think there's only, in my opinion, there's only two people that actually. Uh, uh, no, one person that is actually ready, and I think it's Ted Cruz is ready for to become the next president of the United States. Uh, yes, he, uh, he's a Harvard and Princeton educated attorney, um, and he didn't he serve as a domestic policy advisor to the former George W. Bush. So he, uh, he kind of knows that. Yeah, I know. I know he yeah. ha- held. Um, um, I think in the, some attorney general position for tech. I know that he argued some cases before the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. So he does have a lot of... I, I've actually met Ted Cruz and I've, I've interviewed him. And, and I have to tell you that, you know, I, I agree with Ruben. He is, you know, what you see uh, on TV or what you listen to is, is uh, what you get. I mean, he's very passionate. Um, he doesn't flip flop on his opinions. He's he's very nice. When I when I met him, he made me feel very you know welcome, and he's very intelligent. You know, he just goes out and 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 the one thing about him too is he's not scripted. I know for a fact that his staff, you know, a lot of staff they tell you what to say, and I'm sure they're really scripting Jeb Bush, but they they tell them what to say beforehand, and, and they have it all written down. But that all comes from him. You know, when I interviewed him, he didn't even know the interview questions that I was going to ask him. And he answered them, you know, perfectly and with a lot of detail. So I'm really impressed with uh, Ted Cruz. How about Carly Carly Fiorina? I know that um, she did good in the last debate. um, But what holds over her head is, if I'm not mistaken, she got fired from her CEO position. And I know a lot of people, you know, look at that. Um, but a lot of people also like her. Um, you know, they, they think that she's she's obviously a good speaker. She did a very good job. So she has that over Jeb Bush and, and some other candidates. So uh, she's another one I think we just need to wait and see. I mean, presidential elections are very tricky. Uh, one day you can be up on the top for something that you said, like Trump's up on the top because of his, you know, his ideas on immigration and his stance. And then, you know, he can mess up tomorrow and he'll be on the bottom and everybody will forget about him. So it's just, you know, it, it's really early in the game. Um, and that's kind of how it works. How about Carly Fiorina, well, Secretary of State? Uh, um, yeah. That might be a position I, that was better for her. 
Yeah. I, I, I see Carly also. I, I see I, I see Carly. I see Huckabee. I see these individuals not ready for prime time yet. Uh, I see them more more in a cabinet position. Uh, like I said, I it's very difficult for me to to look at um, at a Huckabee, a Fioroni, uh Carly, and uh, Marco, and and and, uh, and Ben Carson right now as the person in charge being the president. I just don't see that. Um, but I do wanna I do wanna go ahead and go on to the next topic if it's okay with you, Doreen and uh and Nicole. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you you wrote a, a great article um which I read um and I loved it, uh, about Iran. Uh, this whole deal with Iran uh, and we're gonna go international now. Um my my personal opinion is basically we gave Iran everything in the house and we got nothing in return. Uh, basically, the mullahs, the mullahs, and the ayatollahs in 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 in, uh, in Iran are the ones who actually control the country. It's not the president or you know or anyone else. Now the whole deal has upset Israel. I'm pro Israel. I'm pro Israel and will be. Um, my question to you, Nicole, based on the article that you wrote about mm-hmm. the uh, the whole situation uh, of uh, them basically having not having the restrictions that they're supposed to, have, they can basically have 24 days or 25 days to hide everything. We came out on losing end in this deal, right or wrong? That's true. I mean, I know that they're, I think they're due for a pre-inspection because I'm under the impression that part of the deal is that uh, the the, nu- the U.S. nuclear inspectors are banned from actually inspecting their nuclear sites. So I guess you're talking about the article that I that I wrote that they're cleaning up one of their hot spots. Um, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, so that's, you know, that's obviously what they're doing. I mean, it, it, it's a bad deal. Um, and um, I know we talked to uh, Congressman Ron DeSantis the other day, and he said essentially the what Obama is doing with the Iran deal um, is uh, he's just trying to give these countries money and, and what they want, and he's hoping that they turn around um, and that they're not, uh, you know, they're not so abrasive and that they, they, they support, they support us. And um, he said that he thinks that they're laughing all the way to the bank. And, and, and I would agree. I, I really don't understand, you know, what Obama's doing, making deals with uh, Cuba and making deals with um, Iran, because uh, we're really not getting anything in return. Well, I, I can tell you about Cuba. The reason Cuba is being open is because there's, there's a large oil off the coast of Cuba that, that we're looking at. That's that that hasn't been disclosed, but that's. I mean, I have family who's they're Cuban, uh, and I've I've been told that there is oil out there. Also, the agricultural uh, industry has been pushing to open up Cuba because the rest of the world has been making money off Cuba in regards to agriculture, also basically technology, cell phones, 
you know, it's, it's a, a whole new mecca of, of, of new industries that can be open and, uh, and we can make money. I mean, this whole situation of opening up Cuba without getting any, any, anything back from the Cuban re regime uh, continues to, to treat dissidents harshly is incredibly uh, distasteful to, to, to the Cuban people. And, and, and uh, I, I don't understand how any Cuban can vote for the Democratic Party or someone like Obama in 2016 who favors continu continual relationships with Cuba. No, I agree. See, I, I was under the impression that, uh, that Obama was doing that just because he wanted some Cuban cigars, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and they're not even, um, you know, the leaders of, of Cuba um, aren't even changing the way that they govern. Um, I know right. that DeSantis said that Cuban, the deal with Cuba is actually a more raw deal than with Iran. We're actually getting more with the Iran deal than we got with Cuba. So we absolutely got nothing with Cuba. So that's a problem. But in regards to Iran, in regards to Iran, Nicole, the, the, the Iranians basically have a lot of, you know, they, they're the second largest producer of oil after the Saudis. And, and they basically are the, uh, they have so many proxy uh, terrorist groups out there from Hezbollah to Islamic Jihadists and Hamas on the Gaza Strip. Uh, they basically promote terrorism. Now, don't, correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't we have, uh, isn't there something in, in our Constitution or something in the law that we do not negotiate with terrorists? Is that true or is that, or, or something has changed that I, I have not been told? That's true, um, but Obama doesn't abide by it. I mean, he did it oh, with, okay. uh, what was his name, Berthoff, I guess. He, he's negotiated with terrorists uh, left and right. And, yeah, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. We, we don't negotiate with people um, because what happens is then they always want something. I mean, you, you don't give people in a hostage situation, which was the bird dog thing, uh, what they want because then everybody else is going to do the same thing and copycat and, you know, et cetera. So, yeah, no, you're right. He just doesn't follow by that. And plus, plus, I mean, one more thing, one more thing that I forgot that it was uh, just reminded me by uh, – one of my, my buddies, he, he texted me, the four hostages. Wait a minute, in 1979, when, when the, uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guards took over our embassy and they pushed uh, the Shah of Iran out of the country and, and basically the Ayatollahs took control of Iran, Ronald Reagan, when he came in, our hostages came back. In this deal, we still have four hostages, American hostages, in Iranian hellholes, prisons. No, I agree with you, and, and that's correct. He didn't negotiate that. But you know what? I, I think that – I honestly think he's going to use that as leverage. I mean, if you see a lot of uh, high-powered Democrats aren't supporting the Iran deal, obviously – you know, Republicans aren't. So I, I have a feeling um, that he's kind of going to use that as leverage to get them to support the Iran deal. I mean, I don't trust him to not do that. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Did we lose our guest? Okay. Uh, no, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I, I, Go ahead. 
I, I I agree with what you're saying, but my my point is this: is that when we when we have uh, 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 we have a very very strange relationship because the, the the Republican leadership from McConnell to Boehner to um, the guy from California, I can't think of his name now. Basically, they're all for the deal. And then you have Chuck Schumer, some of the leaders, not the whole leadership of the Democratic Party, but a lot of the top guns in the Democratic Party opposed to the Iran deal. That's a very odd, strange, very strange situation that's happening in Washington. Because no, I- a lot of them... A lot of the Republicans in the leadership are for the Iran deal. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I have no idea why. I mean, a, a lot of things that happen, that's, that, you know, that's what I've seen. I'm shocked. I mean, they go out and they say that they're against it, and then they wind up passing it. So I'm not really sure what the, you know, what's going on behind that. Um it makes me wonder if there's more to it, you know, more than, you know, what you what you see. I, I honestly wonder if, uh, you know, Obama seemingly is good at, uh, you know, getting his way with, it, you know, intimidating people. Or if he doesn't get his way, he whines about it. So I'm wondering, you know, on, on, on some of these politicians, either if they're just more left-leaning, uh, which they very well could be, but I'm wondering if Obama dangles something over their head, like a scandalous affair or something, and then he said he's going to expose it if they don't agree with them, because that's the only thing that I can think of to rationalize why the Republicans are voting for some of these ridiculous bills that he wants to have. Right. Right. Doreen? Um, yes, actually, I, I, I want to ask her about, um, call about an article that, that you written uh, recently, um, Religious Freedom Bill. This one sounds interesting. Um, about the state representative Scott uh, Clayton filed a bill on Monday that would shield the churches and clergy members from liability if they refuse to perform marriages that violate their beliefs. But I, I would think that, that's, that they wouldn't have to. Um, oh, they... Yeah, no, they, yeah, they do. I mean, that law was actually, or that uh, bill was actually, uh, you know, uh, up for debate also on the 2015 session. This is he filed it for the 2016 session, um, and you know they do. I mean, back when um, they ruled, I, I know Florida was arguing because they had ruled that um, they had to, uh, you know, marry same-sex couples. They were, the court, the higher court was actually coming down and saying, if you don't marry these people, you're going to be in contempt of my order, and we're going to fine you and put you in jail. So that's, you know, that's another article that I wrote, and, and, and that is what, what happens. I mean, that's what they do, you know, across the board in different states. I mean, look at the bakers, you know, um, I forget what state they're from, and they didn't want to bake the cake um, for um, the, the same-sex um ceremony and they actually don't have a business anymore and they got fined and the court came down and said well we're going to find you you know that's discrimination so it is unfortunately um you know something that they have to do they have to have a bill in place i mean religious freedom itself is in jeopardy across the united states with the obama administration i mean recently uh it is there 
they're attacking um, religious freedom across the board. So if I'm um, if I want to marry the same sex um, and and I want to go to my church, they would have to marry me, correct? But um, even though they shouldn't. Well, I would say that you have you have the right to sue. Or, them. or they that's, can be that's... right. They, they okay, so they can be sued. And that's what's that's happening they, right now. Oh yeah, that's what's happening. Okay. Um, they they can be sued. And I'd like to point out too. I find it ironic that uh, no, and I don't have anything against you know gay marriage, gay couples, but I have a feel. I, I find it ironic that nobody's going to a mosque and asking them to marry them. I mean, obviously no, we they know it might shoot them. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's kind of the the mosques and, and 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 the Muslims get a pass on it because we know how they are. You know, they they don't um, you know like same sex couples whatsoever. But Christianity, you know, they it's against their belief as well. But you know, they're just being attacked um, left and right. So, do we have this bill in New Jersey? Or, or is this is that just for Florida? It's for, um, it's for Florida. Uh, Florida, I found personally, is more for supporting religious freedom than New Jersey. I know that if it was a, a you know a proposed bill in New Jersey, it, it wouldn't really go anywhere. Honestly, I mean they're they're more um, concerned about raising taxes and and um, I mean they just passed passed a, a law not too long ago that. Uh, if you want to get your birth certificate changed to say that you're a different sex than what you were born as, that that's fine, that you can do that. So I, I really don't see them, you know, um, putting that on their agenda. You see, I kind of saw this when the Supreme Court had allowed the um, uh, the same-sex couples to marry. I kind of saw this coming down the rope because then those, the left doesn't stop, you know. They got that, now they want more. So now they're going to go after these churches and this, and you know they're going to sue sue them for not marrying them, you know. And so, um, so I would hope that somewhere, you know, all the other states would get on board with this too. Well, I know that there are some other states that actually did earlier on this year pass similar laws. They got attacked all over the media uh, for doing it. I don't remember the particular states, um, but, uh, you know, they are. But, uh, you know, they're taking religion out of a lot of things. They're taking religion out of schools. You know, they're, they're um, uh, you know, they're with the same-sex marriage thing. They're, they're you know, allowing couples to, you know, sue them. I mean, I understand if you want to get married, um, there's a lot of churches that have actually came out and said, you know, we'll marry you. And, and they've made, they've, change their policy that they'll marry same-sex couples. I just don't understand why they have to go to the churches that feel so strongly against it and sue them. I mean, I understand that sometimes uh, religious people um, don't necessarily come across the right way. And the only thing that I can think of is maybe they've been attacked by, like, a Christian or something before, and this is their way of getting back at them. But I just really don't think that that's fair. You know, they can they can picked a lot of churches to get married in, or they can get, you know, married really anywhere you want. You can go get married at McDonald's nowadays if you want to. So, you know, I just don't understand why they have to, you know, keep attacking um, the Christians. Because their ultimate goal is to um, 
to not not have a religion, um, and it's it's more or less a, a humanist thing, and um, and they want to do it to break down our society so that the they can rebuild it, and um, and, and actually it's it's a communist philosophy, um, you know, and that's why you see all those re- religious statues leaving our um, our public buildings. Kids can't say prayer in school. Um, you know, but, but yet if you're a Muslim, you can pray in the school. Okay. You know, go figure on that one. You know, um, it's their way of saying that they want to inject their own philosophy on, on all of us. Um, and I'm getting a lot of uh, comments here from, from people again. Uh, one says businesses and churches should not be forced to do business that goes against their beliefs. They have a First Amendment right to freedom as religion. Um, so that, that's one of, the, one of the things here. Um, you know, and, and I've always said this in the past, we're, we are fighting a, 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 what I call an American communist ideology here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough fight. And, you know, this type of ideology has never worked, you know. And that's what we're coming up against. And I also want to ask you about um, another article you wrote um, about the uh, Florida lawmakers' attempt, third, the third redraw of your congressional map. Okay? Yes. And uh, go ahead if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah. Um, well, they, they came out with the congressional map before, and the Florida Supreme Court said that um, they had to redraw it. They said that, you know, the uh, the districts that they drew uh, were inappropriate. They were, I, I guess, against the Constitution. So they've had a couple of attempts um, to redraw it. This is the third one. The last one that they drew, um, I had a congresswoman actually from, from my district. She's a Democrat. She came out and said that... Um, she she filed she she sued them she she um she she filed a suit and she said that the way that they redrew her district was against the equal voting rights um and she said that minorities it have the should have the ability to have a representative and she felt that the way that they redrew her map there was not enough African Americans and Spanish people in her district, and she she sued over that, which which I have to point out. I thought that was kind of racist, honestly, for her to to do that to say, well, I don't have I got too many white people in my district. So that's part of the reason I think that they're coming back to the drawing board again, and they have to present it, um, you know, to the court and have the court approve it. And also, everything that they do, all the sessions have to be recorded in the process. And, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, the, the map that they drew last time, uh, the districts were insane. They snaked like all the way down the state. And, and you can obviously see that they were done, uh, you know, to target certain voters. But now uh, what we're coming up against is obviously when they redraw, redraw the districts, there's going to be a lot of Congress people, men and women, that are probably not going to get reelected. And, and there's actually uh, one of the congressmen is now running for Senate, U.S. Senate, to 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 fill Marco Rubio's space because of that. Um, his aunt, last name's Jolly. He said that he, with the new district, he's not going to get reelected, and he's a Republican. So 
it, it kind of has Florida in, in a tor- in a turmoil right now uh, until this master redrawn. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Ruben. Yeah, Nicole, I, I wanted I to ask you, uh, we have um, quite a few listeners uh, from from Greece, uh, American, but of Greece descent. Uh, what's your take on, on, on the whole uh, tobacco in, 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 with the European Union, with Germany, and, and, and the whole situation of uh, Greece uh, leaving the Euro? The Euro, uh, the, the European Union. Um, well, I don't think I'm not very versed in it, to be honest with you. Uh, but I know I don't think that it was a, a good idea for them to join in the first place. I know that they've been having a lot of problems. Them and and Puerto Rico have been having a lot of problems. Um, right. So you know that that's what they need to do to get themselves some more stability. Then you know that's what they need to do, obviously. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Ruben, there are, there are people on the line. Um, folks, mm-hmm. you can call in the number 646-915-8117. 646-915-8117. The line is full. Um, we just got a lot of listeners. Um, and we have two great shows tonight. Um, and we're talking with Nicole Sanders. She is author of Shark, Shark Tank, right? And, I'm a contributor um, for sure. Uh, okay, yes, and Save the Jersey blog. Um, Correct. Uh-huh. And you can find her. You can find her articles at either one uh, of those sites. There, um, they must keep you hopping. Those two sites. They definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Um, uh, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna go right to the to the last topic. Uh, if it's okay with you, Doreen. Um, it, 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 Getting back to the illegal immigration, um, we have to be 12 to 20 million individuals here uh, that, that are illegally in the country. One of the things that was very disturbing in the last month and a half has been the, the killing and the shooting of uh, the young lady in California, in San Francisco. Uh, I believe people were very surprised that we have something called sanctuary cities, which allows, does not take an illegal alien, a criminal illegal alien, to be uh, handed over to ICE, which is the immigration customs, uh, immigration, uh, any immigration agency. Uh, Sanctuary cities have been promoted by this current administration and the current Democrat uh, administrations throughout, I think, 148 cities in the in, in the U.S. Do you think the the backlash that has caused that was caused by the the killing of this young lady by a five time uh, illegal entry uh, illegal immigrant uh, will be a significant issue, the general elections, because right now the, in the primary elections is it, a it's a hot topic. What do you what do you what's your take on that? On sanctuary cities? Um, I mean, I think that we gotta give credit to Donald Trump for bringing that up. I mean he was the the big uh push behind that. Um and honestly I think it it just all depends. I mean it, it, it depends. Um candidates have to just keep talking about it obviously. 
Um, but but I think that there definitely shouldn't be, you know, any sanctuary cities. And what, what happened to her in California was very tragic, and, and it could have been uh, prevented. Um, but, you know, the, the liberals, the Democrats, Obama, they, you know, want this immigration reform. And I think that that directly should fall on Obama for his, you know, failed immigration policy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I agree with you 100%, but the liberal mantra is the fact that they don't want to, to do that because they feel if you deport them, it separates from families. I mean, I, 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 it, it breaks up families. I mean, I, I agree with, with you. You know, it, the, law, the rule of law should be enforced. And um, actually, we're getting a lot of back feed on this one, too, saying make, make sanctuary cities illegal for the breaking the law and deport the uh, aliens before he killed the the woman. So we're getting a lot of uh, good comments on on this one also. Go ahead, Ruben. Well, the the other other aspect of of illegal immigration is that uh, we have uh, all over the country the the amount Mm -hmm. that is costing the amount that is costing to educate uh, some of these children that have basically uh, we have over, overcrowding in our school systems, uh, the hospital, the insurance. Uh, it this is this is basically more than you know it's it's more than just people crossing the border. It's it's it's, it's a huge cost on the taxpayer, and we as a country cannot continue on this base Absolutely. because you know what? We do not have the money. China basically controls our credit card. And you know Absolutely. it's gonna come a time that, that the credit card is gonna stop. They're gonna cancel it. So in your opinion, um Nicole, the question is do you see the next president of the United States hopefully it's Ted Cruz will tackle this issue not with immigration reform because immigration reform is just a code word for pro uh, being pro amnesty tackling the border tackling the the overstay of visa entry using e-verify every company should be using e-verify do you think that 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 the next president of the united states yes. will have Tackle this series. Go ahead, uh, okay, go ahead, Nicole, because uh, we only have a minute left. I think I think it depends who gets elected, honestly, and and, and I can tell you from a behind the scenes <clears throat> working on political campaigns and stuff. Honestly, uh, the whole immigration reform is for both. Um, I mean, back in the 1980s, there's evidence Ronald Reagan, when he was uh, governor of California, he passed similar immigration reform, and that is what turned California blue. I mean, a lot of um, the Hispanics that come over, they have a tendency to vote Democratic. And you know, I've talked to a lot of a lot of different yeah. candidates and even some Republican candidates, and they say, right. you know, I'm going to go ahead and allow it because, you know what, I'm going to get more votes because of it. Um, so that's the big uh, okay, you know, part of it. I, I, I okay. I have to touch you, Nicole. Um, can you tell us your website? Sure. Um, it's www.shark-tank.com. Okay, and um, send it to me. We're going to put it up on our website. Okay. Okay. And um, Nicole, it's been a pleasure, 
of having oh, you. Oh, definitely. And you, we're gonna, we got to have this conversation again. Okay. Um, so, yes. And Likewise. My, Thank you very uh, much for having me. Yes. And Anytime. folks, Anytime, we Nicole. are. Thank you. We are out of time. Um, and stay tuned to next week when we bring on uh, political analyst John Scott. You know him. Um, he's going to be talking to us about uh, the Republican um, uh, presidential uh, the candidates. Um, so great show coming up next week. Um, and folks, don't forget to go to studentsforabetterfuture.com. That's the nonprofit that supports this. If you make a donation, guess what? It's tax deductible. So please go ahead and do so. It's studentsforabetterfuture.com. And Ruben, until next week. Wow, great show today. Absolutely. I can't I can't wait to listen to the recording. Okay, All folks. Right. We'll see you next week.